So as um, sister missionaries and as missionaries in general, uh, oftentimes we have a hard time with certain companions. There's always got to be at least one companion, (laughs) right? If not more. And I feel like you had your fair share (laughs) of challenging but still loving companions. Would you like to share a little bit about some of your experiences? Sure. I'd love to. So I did have, I had, okay, just personalities. Personalities are hard. So when you first go out, then it's almost like, and then every transfer after that, it's like you have to figure out where you fall and where you land. And I had, um, so Mindy was my trainer, which was awesome. And then I heard, this is what, at least we said in our mission that like the next companion right after your trainer is usually your hardest companion and probably because you're not used to anything else in your mission yeah. and they do things differently right so you're not used to that right so it was a big struggle for me with my second companion and um yeah like I said just different personalities and different viewpoints and different ideas and and I have always been a pretty like hard personality so dealing with me would probably be pretty strong hard. I would say strong strong, strong is a better softer <laughs> word so yes it would be hard I had things that I wanted to do in certain ways that I wanted to do it and anyways and it was just hard and I remember being with this companion that I really really struggled with and I remember praying and praying to Heavenly Father and saying this is so hard <laughs> this is so hard for me but at that time, we were having so much success in the work, and I really felt like I was finding um, my best friends out there. Like, it was such a crazy thing for me to find these people all the way out in Spain that I feel like I related to so much, and I was so grateful for the work. And I really feel like Heavenly Father was blessing me through the work at that time because my companionship, we were struggling a lot. It was pretty hard. Um But I remember praying to him and I remember saying like, oh, I'm so grateful to be a missionary. So no matter how hard a companion is, as long as I'm able to serve, that's all that matters. As long as I can go and be out there and be with these people that I love and meet new people and share this amazing message with people, then I'll be fine. Just be hardworking (laughs) and be out there. Yeah, I was like... I got it, Emily Father. Like, I got it. Whatever you throw at me, I got it, you know? And and then um, pretty soon after that, I was put with a companion that couldn't work. And there was a transfer in between. And then she suffered from severe anxiety. It was so bad. And she was almost done with her mission. And they were just trying to make sure she could stay out as long as she could so she could serve a full-time mission. And And so my job was just to make her comfortable, like just to make sure she was okay. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Now that your work is taken away from you, plus a difficult companion. It was so hard. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I thought like I could take whatever you give me like this. And I just really felt like as long as I'm sharing the gospel, as long as I have the spirit, as long as I... I'm doing what's right, then I'll be okay. And during that time when the work was taken away from me, and that companion was so awesome, and she's so great, and it was so fun being with her. But without the work, I was just living in Spain for six weeks and just (laughs) hanging out in the apartment, and it killed me. It was so hard. And I remember, like, shedding a lot of tears and just saying, how in the world? Like, I just don't feel like there could be much more of a righteous desire than sharing the gospel. And then to have the 
that taken away from me. I couldn't, I, so at first, when I first got with that companion and she was like, oh, if we can leave the apartment, then you can contact people as long as I can't see. And I was like, okay, turn around. (laughs) But then, but then as the transfer went on, then she was like, it's just hard for me to see you, um, be denied or rejected or people be mean to you. So she's like, you just can't do it at all. Like you can't contact anyone. I'm like, oh, so now we're in the apartment all the time. And I can't even contact the few times that we leave. And I just like felt extremely depressed. Like it was just super, super hard. It, it was like so restricted. Yeah. It was like one of the hardest times of my life, honestly. And, but I feel like that taught me so much about like my life to come after the mission. Um, all of these righteous desires, these things that I really felt so strongly that Heavenly Father wanted for me, like to get married and to have kids or, um, I don't know, all the things. Like I remember just coming home from my mission and, and not being able to find someone that I was interested in. And I was like, what in the world? Like, this is a good thing. Why is this not happening? And then, um, and I finally found my husband and it ended up being great and everything was wonderful. And then I was like, this is how many kids I want to have. I want to have this many and this close and this, all the things. And I had it all planned. And I was like, this is a righteous desire. (laughs) And I had two kids really close and then I couldn't have another kid. Like I had a, like a really super hard miscarriage and it really shook me. I thought, I thought of that time on my mission where I'm like, I feel like I'm being punished. Like, I feel like the Lord is punishing me. Why am I being punished? Um, when you know you're doing what you're supposed to be right. doing, you know, this you're is living so the way great. You're this to. is a good thing. And it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, why wouldn't he just like pave the way for this to happen? Um, but I, I mean, whether it's a righteous desire or not, I know that heavenly father wants us to ultimately make it back to him. And I needed that lesson on the mission to be able to make it through these really, really hard points in my life. And it's so amazing to me that, that there are these like specific challenges that shaped my whole life. And that, I mean, so even though that was like literally one of the hardest times in my life, I'm so grateful for it because every time there's a problem, every time there's like, a job loss or a, like a death in the family, then I'm like, how is this happening? Why? But I, it just like reaffirms, like we live in this broken world. We have to go through these, these trials and these problems. And, and as we do them, then the Lord will sanctify them. Like he'll make these trials holy for us and we can make it back to him despite all of this and because of all of that. So anyways... Yeah. Well, and we're all human and we have these fragile lives that we're living. And um, when you were on your mission, your sister uh, got really sick. And I think that's that's part of our lives, right? As humans, we, we get sick. Our bodies can't, they're not immortal, right? right? So tell us a little bit more about that and like how you played a part from Spain <laughs> when she was all the way here in Utah. So I don't know how much I played a part in it, but I was really grateful for the lessons that I learned through it. (laughs) So she, my little sister, she's just a couple years younger than me and she got really, really sick. She was throwing up like 50 times a day is what my mom was saying. So she writes me this email. (laughs) I know, so miserable. So my mom writes me an email and she's like, your sister's really sick. She's like, I believe that there's such a power in missionary work. And she's like, you're so close to God right now. 
will you please make sure you pray for her? And I was like, yeah, I will pray for her. (laughs) We literally say prayers like every two minutes on the mission. (laughs) And so, and we had like a list and of people. And so I just added my sister to that list. I was like, okay, and bless her and her and her and him and her. And then, and then added my sister on there. And I was like feeling pretty good about it. And then my mom wrote me another email and said, she's not getting any better how are your prayers? And I was like, really good. I pray for her like 15 (laughs) times a day. And, and then I got another email and I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know how soon they were coming or what was happening, but I got another email and my mom was like, we really need you to pray. Like we're all fasting and we're all praying and we really need you to pray. And I was like, I'm praying. But after that third email, then I was like, okay, I need to really focus. Like I could tell my family's really, really scared. And, uh, and I was like thinking, how seriously am I taking this? And my mom's like yelling at me. She's a million miles away. <laughs> and so then I prayed super hard. <laughs> so I really focused on my prayers and I focused on, um, like my heart, changing my heart and thinking of the people that I'm praying for and especially, particularly my sister at the time. And for some reason, I don't know what was happening at the time, but it must have been a transfer. And I got an email like right after that prayer, after I really dedicated that day, might have been preparation day, to like really praying and focusing on her. And then that, I got a letter like almost that same day that my mom was like, and I could tell you've been praying for her. We finally (laughs) got some answers of what's going on. I just want to thank you. And I was like, for reals. <laughs> um, but it, that's another thing that's really stood out to me in my life. I really feel like Heavenly Father um, wants us to talk to him, but not just talk at him. <laughs> and, um, and it really changed me, that experience. So I don't know if it was because of me or not because of me that she was getting healed or not getting healed, but it changed me. I know that Heavenly Father hears and answers our prayers. And I mean, it definitely depends on timing and all the things, but I know that our hearts need to be in it, that he needs to really, truly hear from us. And it's not just something we go through the motions that will make the difference. Yeah. I remember a lesson given by one of the members in the, in the mission, and they talked about how a lot of times we say prayers and they hit the ceiling and they stop. (laughs) Like they don't go through because we are not focusing on that connection with heavenly father when we're saying we're just saying words right so it's important to get it past that ceiling (laughs) all the way up to him and you know have that connection and relationship to him because he does love us so much and i love your mom's faith too how she just knew that that calling as a missionary came with power and that through your faith and their faith that she can be healed and and or get the answers that they needed um, it's such a powerful experience. I know. I kind of honestly thought it was a little weird. I'm like, mom, we all have power. Go talk to God yourself. <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, I needed that. I mean, I, I mean, I've been home for my mission for like what, 15 years. And that story comes up every single time. I'm like, how am I praying? If I yeah. really need something, if I really want help from my heavenly father, how am I communicating with him? And even when I don't really need help, how am I communicating with him? And it, it honestly changed me. Yeah. I think a lot of times we do go more in depth with our prayers when we need something from him. But when we don't, we're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Hit the ceiling, you know, and it's done. But 
when we really focus on our relationship with him and improving that every day, I mean, that's where that relationship will grow and our testimonies will grow too. That's true. Um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, being aware, having Heavenly Father be aware of you, because that is another thing. I think you, le- you learn that from that lesson, that experience, but also there's another experience that you had that helped you realize that Heavenly Father is aware of you and he loves you. Yeah, there's... <clears throat> So my companion in the MTC, who is so wonderful, she's super um, strong, like very in all the ways. She's really, really great. Um, so she's just really bold and determined and opinionated and all the things, right? And we, um, at the time, we were serving on our mission right before, actually, then President Hinckley had come out with the raising of the bar. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, a million years ago now. And <laughs> and that's, it's kind of funny. It's not funny. But at the same time, President Hinckley was like, you need to have a testimony to be a missionary. And we're like, what? <laughs> no, I, um, but he also, so he said that in the raising of the bar, but he also said like, sisters, this isn't your job to go out. This is a priesthood responsibility. And I, so the numbers of sister missionaries really, really dropped when I was going out. And I really felt strongly about serving a mission. Um, but at the same time, I was kind of getting some like backlash. It's like, oh, you'll only go on a mission if you're old or if you're not married, if you have nothing to do. And there were all these things coming up for sister missionaries. It's like, and I had some, um, like an MTC teacher talk about how sisters only sit around and bake brownies all day (laughs) and don't do anything. And anyways, so there were all of these like, I don't know, biases that I was going up against that we met this companion and I were going up against. And in the MTC, it was particularly hard um, for us. We, we would have these talks from people and I would come in and talk to the missionaries and they would say, missionaries, we're so glad you're here and sisters. <laughs> and this companion and I, we were probably pretty hypersensitive to it because of everything that we were like thinking and facing to go up against like kind of the social norm of going on a mission. It wasn't normal at the time for sisters to go on a mission. And so we would get really bugged at these talks. We're like, we're missionaries too. And we'd get really pretty angry and it kind of spiraled downhill for us um, because we started looking. It was like our first real honest search for women in the scriptures was when we were in the MTC together. And that's when we discovered <laughs> there's not a lot of women in the scriptures. Or there's not, I mean, like in the Old Testament, there's more. But at the same time, so we just had the missionary library and then we had... Um, the scriptures and so as we really started searching then we also read a lot of like negative things about women in the scriptures and so it was almost like a balancing act for us we're like wait a minute this doesn't make any sense because we're hearing this but we felt this we don't understand how all of this like meshes together so we um we're really struggling with like the writings of Paul and like the lack of women in the Book of Mormon. And we were, it was like our first introduction to this whole world. And um, and then like the missionaries in our group didn't really help and <laughs> were like bugging us about women shouldn't speak in meetings and all of this stuff. Anyways, so we, so we were really, really struggling. Um, but the thing that really truly saved us in that whole mess was that, 
um, like combined with prayer and like fasting and really focusing on um, what God wants us to learn, then we really landed hard in the New Testament where it's like you couldn't leave women out of Christ's life. Like they were such a huge part of his teaching and his, and he is the one that sets the perfect example. And that's how he wants all of us to be. Like he wants to make sure that women are not left out, that women are not like nothing. (laughs) And I loved that I gained such a testimony of my savior through that that now when I think of the worth of women and I hear all the problems of the world and what's happening, then I know that the, that the correct path is the way that our Savior taught us. And I understand so much more about my worth because I went through that trial and that situation and I was really, really lucky to have gone through that at the time that I did. And now I can hopefully help other people through that. But I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, he has so much love. Like, the Savior just loved everyone. And the women, he treated them so well. He just loved them and treated them with such kindness and and gentleness, I would say, too. And it's it's amazing to me. Thank you, Christine, for being on, on today. Um, it's just amazing that we served, like, this in the same place at around the same time. And we experienced such different things. I never went through that. I never had any of those experiences. But because you did, I can learn from that as well. And just with everybody's mission experience, everyone's mission is so different. And, you know, based on how many different companions they have, the areas they're at, the people they meet. Um, and it's such a great learning opportunity for all of us. So thank you again. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>